Welcome to the latest edition of the College of American Pathologist CapCast. I'm Becca Battisfor, Content Specialist with the CAP, and on this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Maura Larson and Dr. Ethan Larson. We discuss their upcoming course on Human Factors Engineering, which is being offered at the 2023 Pathologist Leadership Summit on April 16th. Not only does the Pathologist Leadership Summit offer the opportunity to advocate for pathology during Hill Day, it also includes innovative courses like human factors engineering. This field has become more prominent in medicine and hospital practices, with some organizations hiring human factors engineers like Dr. Ethan Larson to assist in quality and process improvement departments. Thank you, Becca. Really glad to be here. My name is Maura Larson. I am the Physician Executive Director for MedStar Medical Group Pathology. It is a nine acute care hospital system in the Mid-Atlantic region. I am a board certified anatomic and clinical pathologist, and I serve as a member of the CAP Practice Management Committee. Great, Uh, Dr. Ethan Larson. Yes, thank you, Becca. Uh, Dr. Ethan Larson, I am a PhD human factors engineer at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, attached to the radiology department and the Center for Healthcare Quality and Analytics. I work uh, independently for the radiology department and as part of a seven engineer team of human factors engineers embedded to the entire hospital serving quality improvement and process improvement work. Great. So let's get right into the questions. Uh, First, why is process improvement important to the practice of pathology? Dr. Mora? I'll take that one. Yes. <laughs> As we're seeing practices evolve with increasing complexity and needs for diagnosis and testing in both the anatomic and clinical pathology world, there are new technologies and tools that require consistent addition to our practices, refinement, and efficiencies. This process brings better diagnostic accuracy, increased patient safety, but we also need to do the things that will enhance pathologist and laboratory technologist workflow and productivity. And what is human factors engineering? I can take that one. Uh, Human factors engineering is a scientific field dedicated to focusing on understanding how people think, how we perceive the world around us, and how we can fit into the parts of a work system. And so foundationally, human factors engineers are looking for how do we design systems, work environments, work processes that make it easier for workers to do the right thing, but also be able to engineer barriers to prevent them from doing the wrong thing, taking incorrect or erroneous actions or shunting error pathways away from resulting in patient harm. I see. And so what challenges will this course help participants address when trying to increase efficiency in their lab? So this course is going to help resolve a a favorite quote of mine, which is every system is perfectly designed to get the results it has been designed for. Human factors tries to bring the human element into the work system in a way that traditionally we don't really always scope. And so understanding that there are limits to people's attention, to their physical capabilities in terms of even reach and grasp, all of these aspects feed into error pathways that we can help shunt by designing them out. And so how does human factors engineering differ from other process improvement frameworks like Lean or Six Sigma, and how is it relevant in quality improvement? 
It's really important that we consider moving beyond Lean and Six Sigma, as Ethan has described. Lean and Six Sigma are great tools, but they are very defined, very almost rigid, numeric, data-driven systems. Whereas to achieve the greatest benefit and the most quality improvement, we do have to make considerations regarding the human worker and make them be part of the improvement effort, recognizing that they, we have inherent limitations that our machines don't. So our systems have to acknowledge our limitations and we have to set up processes that take that into account. And Ethan, back to you, what are the risks if one does not consider human factors when trying to increase efficiency? So not taking into account the human element and human factors, especially if you're trying to find more efficiency, you run the risk of, if you follow exclusively a Lean or Six Sigma data-driven approach, of losing sight of those human limitations. Of course, I can push someone to perform a task five times in a minute. But that is not sustainable potentially over the span of an entire work shift. And so when your outcomes of your traditionally data-driven ex exploration suggest that's the solution is push everyone to perform that operation more times per minute, you'll end up with outcomes on the other end that will lead to errors, lead to employee departures. And you need to take that into account and that proactive human factors approach will help you avoid those problems before they manifest in the outcome. So your risks are really that you could, in the pursuit of data-driven perfection, reduce your workflow, reduce your workforce, and increase errors. Right, which is something we really want to avoid <laughs> in a lab. Um, okay, moving on to some more questions. What are some of the benefits a laboratory could realize by bringing human factors engineering into their process improvement activities in the lab? Well, as we've already discussed, Becca, human factors engineering gives insight into behavioral risks. And some of those behavioral risks can contribute to days missed from work, and can inform redesigns. If I could give an example, we have made ample use of the undergraduate senior industrial and systems engineering design teams program from Virginia Polytechnic Institute, Virginia Tech. They have a program where you provide a problem and they give you a group of students who spend a school year working on solutions. At one point, we engaged a team to look at the specimen receiving the accessioning department at one of our hospitals We were where we were having an unacceptable number of specimen mishandlings, specimens rolling off tables and into trash cans in order to ask them to help us redesign that workflow for efficiency. Well, they came and did that. But in the course of that process, they pointed out to us that we had an ergonomic problem where we had a pneumatic tube system delivering specimens to the lab, but the carriers for the tube system were stored at foot level and the carrier system operated at waist height. So our staff was constantly bending over, picking up carriers, bending over, putting them back down. While the carriers weren't heavy, that repetitive motion was causing some musculoskeletal issues for our staff and days missed from work. and they provided us the explanation as to why that was happening and the opportunity to fix it 
in the course of looking at other processes. Wow, what a fascinating example. And so speaking direct specifically about the course, what can participants expect? So our plan is in addition to introducing the core elements of human factors, engineering, its theory and science, and some basic tools that participants can take back to their home institutions, we actually intend to make this a participatory exercise and want to engage the participants in using human factors processes in the moment. We will facilitate, of course, but getting them to articulate what are the problems you're facing right now? Now let's talk through how do you take that human factors lens in the moment to pull it apart, think about the pieces of the system, how they want to interact, and build something that might actually have impact on the other end. Thank you both for joining the podcast to talk about this exciting new course. Uh, But as we wrap up, do either of you have any final thoughts? I just want to say that Back in the day when the current Dr. Larson was the master's candidate, he needed a project for a course and we needed some help with design in one of our laboratories because there were a lot of distractions and challenges in our blood bank. And he and his team designed a solution. And as laboratorians who'd been in the business for years, we looked at his solution and his team's solution and we said, oh, no, 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 that'll never work in our lab. A year later, when all of our attempts at solutions had failed, we said, let's pull that plan out again. We looked at it, we instituted it, and it worked. And I have been a convert to considering human factors since. It is a very powerful way of looking at issues, problems, solutions, quality, process improvement. And I do think that everyone can benefit from it. So I am very excited that the CAP is giving us the opportunity to share this. Likewise, I I am incredibly eager to bring this this knowledge to the CAP um, as someone who has trained most of my educational career to be a human factors engineer in a hospital in this capacity. It is wonderful to see organizations starting to recognize the value of of what a human factors engineer can bring to their their departments and to their institutions. Great. Yeah. And this course sounds like a great opportunity to really spread the word. Thank you for joining us on this CAPcast. Uh, for more information on this course and to register for the Leadership Summit, visit pathologistleadershipsummit.org.